Blog Talk Radio. This is Celtics Talk Radio, your weekly C's audio magazine. Listen as we discuss the latest news for the Boston Celtics. You can call us at 347-857-3545. Now, here's your host, Daniel, Igor, and Kevin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the episode of Celtics Talk Radio 312. We are previewing the Celtics uh, series with the Nets, the first round, Celtics number two, the Nets number seven, the set, the Nets uh, defeated um, uh, uh, their opponents uh, in uh, the uh, playing tournament and they qualified for uh, the playoffs. Uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and their squad, maybe Ben Simmons, they will face the Celtics tomorrow, 3 and 30 p.m. Eastern at the TD Garden. Uh, the Boston Celtics number two, uh, Boston Celtics uh, kind of uh, chosen a Brooklyn Nets because they played with the full strength against uh, the Memphis the last game. They could just tank the game and avoid the Nets, but the Celtics has chosen uh, to play the Nets. The Celtics will be without Robert Williams, although we have announcement that Williams could return at some point at the series, and the Brooklyn Nets are without Simmons and Joe Harris. Joe Harris out for the series and for the playoffs, and Ben Simmons could return somewhere. We heard the rumors that he is practicing. He will return to the practice. Um, he practiced uh, of the court uh, without the pain, and he could return games four, five, um, six, some, some, somewhere at that point. Um, so um, the Celtics took the series three and one. Uh, through the regular se- season, uh, Brooklyn Nets were hindered by the COVID-19 restriction of the New York uh, City rules uh, that prevented uh, Kyrie Irving to play in the home games and majority of uh, these games against the Celtics. Those restric- restrictions have, be- has, have been uh, since then lifted and Kyrie Irving will play all the games this series. The winner of the series will play most likely against the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks playing against Chicago Bulls. There is nowhere in the common mind on the planet of Earth that is going to bet against Milwaukee Bucks on the Chicago Bulls. Maybe there is some crazy man or the rich man who will try it. Maybe the Celtics fans uh, wanted this matchup because of Kyrie Irving. Um, but uh, what will happen? The show will break down these matchups uh, with our uh, guest, uh, um, Bobby Krivitsky, uh, and uh, we will discuss if fans made the right decision wanting Nets in the round number one. Because be careful, dear Celtics fans, what do you want? Because um, it may come true at the end, you know. Uh, so, I mean, the stick is having the two ends. We will see um, who has chosen uh, the longer end of the stick, to, to say that way. So, um, spectacular series ahead of us, Kevin. What can you say? <laughs> uh, I'm ready. Hey, I've been waiting, been waiting, been waiting, been waiting, been waiting, been waiting for this to happen. Um I think the Celtics basically told everybody, look, we're not scared of Brooklyn um, because they went hard at at um, Memphis to get that spot. They could have lost and ended up playing Toronto, but they said that we're going to play whoever we're going to play. 
That's the mentality that I like to see from the Boston Celtics. It uh, doesn't matter who's in front of us. We'll play anybody, anywhere, anytime. And when you get that mentality, um, you get the eyes of the old, of the older guys. It's like, oh, is that what we're doing now? Okay. Now you got my, now you got my back. You know what I'm saying? So um, it should be a good series. Um, we'll get into, you know, the wins and losses and who we think going to win later on. But I'm excited for the playoffs because Igor, four months ago, we didn't even think that we would be in this position that we're in right now. Um, yes, I got to yes, give the coach, I got to give the team, um, all the praises. Um, the NBA guys are probably smiling down on the Celtics right now for the turnaround they did. I've never seen a Celtics team do what they did in all the years I've been a Celtics fan. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a season to remember. Um, and hopefully the season won't be over soon. We'll be playing into June, hopefully. So that's my take on, on a little bit of what's going on, Igor. Uh, okay, sir. So Bobby Kravitsky is soon with us. And uh, let's play one uh, audio, Goodman, Ben, uh, Simmons, uh, and uh, Goodman and Ryan um, talking about Ben Simmons. Uh, then hopefully uh, Bobby will be with us. Uh, if not, we will play other audio, TNT 2. So we will start previewing the series. Stay with us. We will be back soon. Let's get to Brooklyn right now. And look, to me, they're a contender. I, I know that we have to wait and see what happens with the rest of the roster. But, I mean, if Kyrie wants to play, Jeff, and KD obviously is ready to go. If Kyrie's head is on the floor, I say look out. Yeah, I'm told by my sources that, that Ben Simmons, as of now, the, the plan is for him to play game one, which very well could be where, Bob? Oh, game one of, of, of their first round series. Not playing. Where will that be? Here. Here in Boston. Boston. How about that? Kyrie having to exercise a couple demons against Cleveland and then potentially Boston. <laughs> ben Simmons returning, playing his first game this season in Boston, and I won't be able to be there because I haven't seen my parents for about three and a half months. They've been down in Florida, and I'm going down to see them this weekend down the Cape. So I will watch it on TV. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm into baseball this weekend too, so uh, I'll be going to ballpark on Friday and Sunday. Uh, not Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Monday. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, uh, ben, the Ben Simmons thing, my, just more ever-increasing intrigue about with that team. I mean, absolutely. First of all, you're right. The, over, the, the nightly over-under for, for Durant and Irving, I'm, I'm fixing right now at 70. <laughs> That's the over-under. Probably over. right. Okay. There you go. So how do we feel well, about Kyrie? But how do we feel about question, Gary. Huh? Gary. Kyrie, do you the, – the one thing with Kyrie, right, like he's up, down, all around. You don't know what Kyrie you're going to get necessarily. Do you trust him when it comes to, like, coming to Boston with everything on the line? He'll get booed. He's been booed here before this year, obviously. Do you trust his, his mental makeup? Or do you think he'll be more motivated and, and go off against the Celtics? The latter. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Bob, go ahead. I'm worried. I'm worried. Uh, no, he's going to be a he's going to be a, a real threat. He's and he's he's remar- let's just forget all that. Uh, just analyze him as a ball player and forget about the personality. 
Um, there are people who categorically say that he is the greatest finisher at his size in the history of the game. Period. That he, he goes to the basket. With what say you? What say you, Bob? I never seen anybody better at that size. The the the. the I, I was saying the same thing about it, the the Isaiah Thomas at his size. He remains the most amazing thing at his size that I've ever seen getting the basket. But when Kyrie's gone to the basket, it is. It, it is a, a, a breathtaking event. Uh, he's he's amazing. His ambidexterity, his his body control, his his inventiveness, everything is just handle. His handle is crazy. Get there. He is no, the it's, fastest. It's, it's, he is the fastest, quickest, slipperiest. <laughs> like I, he goes into a crowd and he comes out. I'm like, how how did how did that happen? I mean, so, okay, I, I, I'm sorry. Derek no, Rose, ahead, Bob, another, Derek Rose is another one for me, but. Uh, it's a little bit different here, but I don't want to discount him. He's right up in that category, and they're about the same size. So here's my thing, Jeff, to answer your question. It's um, somewhere in the middle. I don't think Kyrie has to be where Bob says he's going to be, though if I had to choose, I agree with Bob. I think he has to be good enough because if you look at Kevin Durant, and I thought Durant in the the last playoffs, uh, you know, when, when uh, I mean, Kyrie was out. Harden was not himself. It was just all KD. I thought KD's performance was exemplary. I yep. thought it was balls. So you bring that into 70% Kyrie, I think it's good enough to win in Boston. I, it could well, be. It could be. Because I don't want to take anything away from the Celtics. But I, yeah, but I'm they're going to have Robert Williams. They're not going to have Robert Williams. Right. And, and right. that – I don't think enough people are talking about that. Right. I, I feel right. like, you know, you're taking away – arguably their most important defensive player in, in a game where they're going to need him. Like in a series, they're going to need him, right? We talked about Kyrie and his ability to get to the basket and finish through contact, around contact, whatever. But you talk about Kevin Durant and his ability to his first step and get there and his length and athleticism and, and ability. Obviously, we know he can shoot it from three, but beyond that, he can put it in the floor. And if you don't have – if you have Al Horford and Daniel Tice down there, let's face it, that's a little bit different. That's I a lot different. I don't Luke Cornett, but then I'm being, I'm being smart-ass here. Um, you know, I, I, you know how I feel. I, I've gone from real excitement and, and, and enthusiasm to, okay, okay, Let's see what happens. I'll live with it, you know, if, if they don't progress uh, without Robert Williams. I mean, it's a huge – it's a major thing. Yeah. I, I, uh, now, they played – they had some pretty good games, you know, without him against, against the, you know, the inferior competition. There's no question. They, they still kicked a lot of asses without him, uh, this, but not in this level now. Not with two of the top ten players in the game on the other, no. on the other so, side. Okay. So, to focus on Brooklyn – so Simmons, yeah. how does that? I, I, Jeff, you're a bit, you're, you know, I mean, you have the most knowledge of him, and and you, you, you know, you're the Simmons guy. So how does that all work? Well, I mean, again, it, it probably depends on how much he's been able to practice with the team at this point, and and how comfortable. You know, to me, you're not going to ask him to do too much early, right? You give him ten, fifteen minutes, game one, if you can. And you just make him facilitate and defend. And if his body's up to it, well, that's that's probably all you'll need. Um, again, in this series without Robert Williams, I feel like push the ball. If he's got his athleticism and and his back is healthy, 
He can push it. He can just give it to Kyrie and, and KD and finish when he needs to. But, you know, the days of saying, hey, Ben Simmons has to, to shoot the ball, they're gone with Kyrie and KD around. They don't, they don't need that. They don't need that from him. Defend, push it, and, and, and facilitate. And if you can do that for 22 minutes a game by the end of that series and then ramp it up and maybe play 25 minutes a game in the next series – it's fine because he doesn't have to have the ball. He needed the ball in his hands at the end of the game for Philly. Well, he doesn't need – the ball is not going to be in his hands because it's going to be in KD or Kyrie's hands. He's never going to see the ball in the final two minutes. He may not even be on the floor. He may not be on the floor. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I know how you feel. His defense is, is where he can be the most serviced. And, I mean, they need it. That Their defense is, is substandard. They're, they're at the, you know, the, 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 if they don't improve their defense – they're not going to go very far. All right, so uh, you look at this play-in game, and uh, Irving and Durant scored or assisted on 80% of the Nets' field goals in this game, and it's the first time uh, both Kyrie and Kevin have had double-digit assists in the same game as teammates. When is game one? Game one is Sunday afternoon. You know, uh, Jared asked him a very interesting question after the game uh, about Ramadan. So he won't be able to eat well, before the game. I have a little bit of... Um, a lot of uh, experience with that, with the, with the king. With the king. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's so interesting during his Ramadan year, uh, month, he actually he played his best. And, uh, you know, I asked him that one time and I was like, he's like, well, Kenny... When you when you take the emphasis off of food and you take it off of you put it on prayer and thought you focus better. So he's like, you know, the only thing that was the toughest thing because he didn't drink anything either. So during the game, he never drank any water. So he said after the game he just felt a little dehydrated. But during the game, it's so much excitement, and he said his focus was so locked in because he wasn't focused on his next meal as well and focused on his prayer, focused focus on other things other than basketball. Yeah, but I thought that was – when I played with him for four years, that was different. I four years? He, yeah, uh, yeah. You were about the Rockets for four years? Yeah. And he – I thought he struggled in day games because when we played night games, he ate because the game started at night. So he ate before the game. When we played an afternoon game – and see, I thought, he said something interesting. I thought he did get dehydrated because he didn't drink. Not only did he not eat, he didn't drink. So I thought there was a notable difference. That's why I should have Maybe he was older, too. Yeah, he was older, too. But that's why I said if they're playing in the afternoon, it's going to be curious to me because let me tell you something. That boy, Marcus Smart, that's a different animal. Yeah. Uh, you're going to need uh, some serious energy level to play against Mr. Smart. Because he, he is arguably, with Drew Holiday, the best guard defender in the league. That's why I asked that question. I'm looking at the game a little different. I'm, I'm looking at, at, at Brown and Tatum, and I'm asking myself, should, should they be saying, okay, am I going to concede to you guys because you're still called greater than me, or am I coming at you? Am I taking your spot? Everybody's going with Brooklyn. Brooklyn's a favorite. You know, Chuck saw it, the Vegas highs and all that. Tatum and Brown should be like, you know what? 
I'm the student, y'all the teacher, but it's time for us to kill you guys. And they should definitely be looking forward to playing out of their minds so they can send these guys home. Yeah, That's I, what I don't I know if anybody, I, I wouldn't call Brooklyn the favorite in that. Oh, no, no, they showed the odds. We were watching the ESPED end up getting the green room. Huh? Yeah. The Nets are favorite. Yeah. Really? Yeah, which... That which, surprises me. Yes, oh, it, listen, it surprised all of us. It surprised all of us. Yeah. And let me tell you something. What I saw tonight, they can't beat the Celtics. I... I because those two guys were fabulous, and they barely beat a mediocre Cavs team. And Brown and Tatum got to play great. They, 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 and they're going to play great. Because I, I don't know either one of those guys well, but I know to be a and well, Tatum has definitely got that ego. And he said it. He said, yeah, I saw LeBron get 50, and he got 50 the next day. Uh, on the game, he says, "Yeah, I watched LeBron. Remember when LeBron had that good game? Right. He said, yeah, I watched LeBron last night, and I want him to know I, I'm a great player too. And I know both of those guys gonna play well. I'm sorry they don't have Williams, but Mark, Marcus Smart to me, I think he's gonna be huge uh, because he is uh, just a great defender. His intensity gonna bring a lot. The, the, they, they cannot. The Celtics gonna beat them." Celtics 17 and five since the All Star break, best record in the biz, and the number one rated defense in the NBA. Again, missing Robert Williams uh, as the series. Well, that begins that ties pick up at 3:30. Really? Oh, and that's and also uh, what's the other kid, Derek White? Yeah, he's gonna help them be able to guard Kyrie too. All right, that'll be a 3:30 tip on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Ron at home hearing Chuck come on the show. <laughs> hey, Brian ain't got nothing else to do. I told you, other than drive a couple of those guys to the old folks' home. I know we heard that the first time, but it was uh, it wasn't bad. And you're live with uh, Igor, Kevin, and Bobby Krivitsky. Our first guest. We are uh, talking about the NBA playoffs. Uh, uh, the most uh, spectacular thing in the world right now, I would say, um, I mean, is the NBA playoffs. The NBA playoffs uh, is on, guys. So um, this is something why we are, at least me, watching uh, NBA basketball. So Utah Jazz defeated um, uh, in uh, the first uh, game, Dallas Mavericks, without Luka Doncic, uh, 99-93. With 32 points, uh, six and five from um, uh, Donovan Mitchell, and uh, we are uh, on the way. It seems like Minnesota Timberwolves is going to steal the game number one. Uh, they are leading 117-109 with spectacular performance by my favorite uh, Timberwolves player, Anthony Edwards, 90, 20 years uh, old, Car Anthony Towns. D'Angelo Russell and the others, John Morant on the other side, and uh, his stuff. I mean, really, really good game. Uh, two minutes and 25 seconds, 117, 109 um, until the end. But tomorrow we are going to talk about Nash and the Celtics. Finally, um, to present Bobby Krivitsky. Uh, uh, before that, Bobby Krivitsky, of course, at Bobby Krivitsky at Twitter covering Celtics for at SE Now. At SE Now. He's the voice of at Sports Map Radio, uh, sports uh, anchor, reporter, NBA reporter, hot for basketball insiders, uh, our friend here. So, SE.com, NBA Celtics, Bobby Krivitsky. 
Uh, we love always to have him. He's our premier guest, Bobby Howard, tonight. Welcome to the show again. Thanks for coming here. Igor, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. You know that. And you said it earlier. I- I'm just loving what a great day of playoffs with nothing but postseason action on the slate all day. And so far, we're two for two. Jazz and Dallas was a great game. And this Memphis-Minnesota mm. matchup has been even better. And I'm with you on Anthony Edwards, too. And Anthony Edwards, start, and this one's I'm been a shaking ton of fun. my hand. I'm shaking my, my head. 20 years old, the Bobby Olson veteran, and coolness that I admire, just like he's Carmelo Anthony, like 20 years old playoff veteran. Uh, amazing. Uh, it will be great series, great playoffs. Uh, the Celtics on the other end, uh, they, uh, after having spectacular historical turnaround and uh, place number two at the uh, Eastern Conference uh, mid-season turnaround, we heard previously 17-5, and five, uh, if I'm correct, post all-star break, uh, the best in the business, uh, the hottest team in the NBA, they finished uh, uh, the regular season, Bobby, uh, playing against this very Memphis team who rested their starters. Uh, The Celtics didn't rest their starters. uh, And uh, they defeated Memphis uh, Grizzlies team. And they kind of uh, chosen uh, uh, to play with Brooklyn Nets. On the other end, you have some conspiracy theories among Celtics fans that actually, actually, the Celtics wanted to uh, avoid uh, playing captains because uh, of some vaccination rules uh, that is uh, ongoing in uh, Toronto, Canada. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, it seems like uh, we are having um, the hardest uh, uh, opponent in the first round. Unlike majority of the Celtics fans who want, uh, the Celtics fans, they want the revenge for the last year's playoffs, stomping on the logo, Kyrie Irving nonsense stuff. Uh, I'm not, in, I'm not jumping out of joy, you know. Uh, but if you want to be the champion, uh, you must uh, defeat uh, the best. So, what do you say about uh, um, opponent? Uh, should we, could we get uh, easier opponent, or, or this is the best way for the Well, so let me start here, Igor, in regards to the the vaccination-related rumors. Al Horford outright said explicitly that he is Mm -hmm. vaccinated. And Mm Jalen Brown, before, after, I'm trying to remember what game it was. I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. it was the Sunday afternoon against Washington. Afterwards, he said that um, he'll be ready to go. He's excited for the playoffs after missing it last year due to his wrist surgery and that Mm -hmm. he's ready to play against anybody and that he's not going to comment explicitly because as a vice president of the NBA Players Association, he wants to mm-hmm. respect everyone within the league, all the players' privacy, and this is a way of doing that. And so, look, everyone mm-hmm. gets to draw their mm-hmm. own conclusion. You can say, unless I hear it explicitly, then mm-hmm. I'm going to be dubious, and that's fair. But he did say that he's ready to play anywhere, wherever the chips may fall. And also, the Celtics, in regards to trying to manipulate the standings, which they did not do. Mm-hmm. It was more mm-hmm. likely that they were going to be third if they chose to rest their guys mm-hmm. against Memphis and lost than fourth and play Toronto mm-hmm. because they also knew going into their game that Philly was sitting mm-hmm. hard in, in Embiid. Certainly there's a mm-hmm. chance mm-hmm. that, um, you know, Philadelphia could have won without those two guys. But I, I mm-hmm. think ultimately 
this is not a conspiracy related move by the mm-hmm, Celtics. I mm-hmm, think that mm-hmm. to manipulate the standings and intentionally lose against Memphis right. would have flown in the face of the culture that they're trying to cultivate right. and maintain moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so this idea that they want the smoke, they want Brooklyn, they're not backing down from anyone, mm-hmm. that fits with this mentally tough team that they've transformed into this season. And it's right. been such a huge part of why they've evolved into a legitimate championship contender. So now I, I don't think there was anything, mm-hmm. you know, regarding the vaccines or, or anything else as mm-hmm. to why the Celtics chose Brooklyn and not an easier opponent. It is certainly mm-hmm. a risky maneuver. They're going to ha- have the hardest potential path to the finals than any team in the NBA on either side of the bracket. But I do think that, again, mm-hmm. let's say that they're to lose to Brooklyn in round one, a distinct possibility, then how far were they mm-hmm. really going if they got an easy opponent like Chicago, for instance, in the opening series? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I'm with you. I'm always to play fair. I'm just saying, um, I'm just asking you because the fans at uh, our page, as you are witness, uh, are talking about it, you know? This is the hottest topic, you know? And I'm with you. We would probably play uh, Chicago Bulls, if I'm correct, if we are third. Like yeah, most, most likely it would have been that mm-hmm. they dropped the third and play the six, which is Chicago. Right, 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 right. Uh, meanwhile, it seems like Minnesota are going to win 121-120. Returning, I have a short injury report. Um, you, you reported Robert Williams. Uh, there is possibility that he will show up in the series later, uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, today, today we heard interesting news that is going to make uh, this series uh, interesting. Uh, from Vogue ESPN. So far, um, after running and shooting pain-free for over a week, the Brooklyn Nets uh, uh, forward Ben Simmons expected to take next step on the court in the coming week, beginning to go against teammates uh, um, on the practice floor. Uh, Brooklyn uh, uh, Simmons uh, planning to join uh, teammates on the practice floor in the next week. Uh, uh, Possible return later, uh, if I'm correct, games uh, five, six, or seven, or maybe even uh, four. But uh, we will see. It's uh, early to speculate so far. He has been limited one and all workouts, but uh, he's on track to change. Um, I mean, uh, if he returns, he will be able to play 10 to 5, 15 minutes uh, per game, source uh, said. Uh, he's still on uh, individual program Saturday, and uh, Nash uh, stressed, uh, he said that uh, he's improving, but uh, that's on the coaching uh, staff. Uh, now, having him uh, would be huge. Uh, Drummond said Ben is very good basketball player, and Nets acquired Simmons in blockbuster. Uh, trade with Sixers for uh, Harden, but uh, he didn't play. He's 25, three years, three times All-Star, two times All-Defensive first. Uh, now, uh, let me ask you this way. Uh, it is looking to me that Simmons uh, will play. Uh, games four, five, six, or seven, never mind, uh, 10 to 15 minutes per game. Uh, now, we heard in audio that uh, uh, I played, uh, I mean, Jeff Goodman. Uh, he said that um, uh, to uh, quote him, if he is going to play, uh, he will not shoot too much. They are going to put him off the ball at positions three and four. 
uh, he is likely going to give them defense and likely on the Tatum because he has some games in Philadelphia where he guarded Tatum really well in early stages of his career. Uh, he's going to give them the defense, strong perimeter defense from the uh, forward positions, and he's going to assist and facilitate, you know, nothing more. Uh, he doesn't have to shoot with uh, the stars on the net team. Uh, agree or disagree? And what do you think about his possibility to play? Yeah, I do think he's going to come back and play in this series, whether that's game three or four, it'll be interesting. But I certainly don't think that it's going to, that he'll make his series debut, his season debut in Boston. Uh-huh. I think it'll happen and it'll uh-huh. happen in Brooklyn. So like I said, game three right. or game four, we'll see. And then I suppose it is possible that if the series is lopsided, that they hold him out. Or if, it, if it's lopsided in favor of the Nets, then it's more of an incentive to get him back out there as long as he's cleared and try and start that ramp-up process and get acclimated. The only teammate that he's familiar with playing-wise is Seth Curry from their time together with the Sixers. It's going to be really interesting to see. It's certainly it's the ideal team from an offensive standpoint for Ben Simmons because he doesn't have to shoot and they're not interested in it. And the 10 to 15-minute restriction, whatever it ends up being, maybe it's a little more than that, adds another interesting wrinkle that's probably helpful to Ben because it makes it less likely that he's in the game in crunch time. They can obviously structure it otherwise, but it just opens up the possibility that Ime Adoka decides to go hack-a-shack and put him at the line, and how does he respond to that, especially if he's playing at the Boston Garden in front of that environment and what it'll be like for Mm -hmm. him. So there are so many layers to this Ben Simmons thing from Mm -hmm. what was happening the last time that he was on an NBA floor where he shot as much as you and I combined in the fourth quarter. (laughs) And now, you know, trying, trying to come back from a back injury that in and of itself is a daunting task. And then you add that it's going to be the playoffs. He hasn't played at all new teammates. Like I said, there's so much going on here. So there's certainly a world where Mm. he's somewhere close to the, you know, being one of the best defenders in the NBA. And that's a huge boost that could sway the outcome of the series. But it is also really risky for Brooklyn to put him out there. And even defensively, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown might be looking at him like he's lunch meat because he might not have the necessary strength and flexibility in his back and the speed to be able to keep up with them given the circumstances. Right. The next question uh, about Robert Williams' absence and Bruce Brown uh, comments. Uh, the Celtics, with or without Robert Williams, are not the same. If you don't believe me, just uh, Google and NBA.com Robert Williams statistics and on and off uh, stats. Uh, I'm not going to repeat them. Uh, after beating the Cavaliers in the playing tournament Tuesday, Bruce Brown, the Cavaliers, uh, the Nets uh, forward said, uh, them not having Robert Williams is huge. We attacked Tice and Horford in the paint. Kevin Durant tried to, to walk it back by saying that uh, caffeine pre- tried talking. Um, and uh, uh, that's uh, some uh, brilliant uh, face uh, by um, uh, uh, Kevin uh, Durant uh, about not having Williams. Um, and Brown, uh, I mean, Brown is not entirely wrong. Uh, the Celtics uh, do not have uh, the same margin of error without Williams. 
Williams, Robert Williams wipes out a lot of mistakes. He gives the perimeter um, defenders confidence to be more aggressive. Uh, Williams uh, provides a backline uh, bonesiness that Boston just cannot replace. Nobody else on the team, and maybe in the league, is quite like Robert Williams. Uh, when Robert Williams is on the court with Horford, the Celtics have guarded at level that no other team can match. They are far ahead of other defenses uh, uh, that uh, they are like Hussein Bolt with plenty of time on the crane, they are next, and look who's behind them. By the numbers, the Celtics have defended better with Tyson Horford on the court. Over 109 minutes with uh, Tyson Horford on the court, the Celtics have pummeled the points by 33.2 points per 100 possessions. Still, that beats up plenty of time against the bad teams or short-handed teams, while the team's best lineup have not dropped off without Robert Williams, some of the details digging deep shows where Bruce Brown's comments coming from. The Celtics allowed six more points per 100 possessions when Tice is on the court um, uh, than when Williams is on the court. Six points in the paint more per 100 possessions. It hasn't hurt yet. They are 14-2 and two in the games in which Horford and Tice share the court, but while Tice can replace the style of Williams, he doesn't uh, do it the same uh, uh, level. Uh, that could matter against Durant, Irving, and all the teammates uh, they set up with golden opportunities. Um, and uh, it could also matter on the glass where Tyson Horford or whoever switches into the guys will be giving plenty of um, opportunities of size against Andre Drummond. Uh, comments, please. Yeah, and so... Al Horford spoke about it today, and he said, quote, I'm excited to get going tomorrow. My stuff gets done on the floor, and we're looking forward to the challenge as a whole. Bruce Brown, it's one of those comments where why would you give your opposition some bulletin board material? That's why, as you pointed out, Kevin Durant tried to squash it immediately, but at that point it's too late. Ime Udoka has shown the video to the entire team, so they are absolutely taking a page out of the Bill Belichick playbook, if you will, and trying to use it as just any extra source of motivation, you take advantage of that mm-hmm. opportunity. You get guys fired up. You let Horford and Tice know it's a personal attack on you two. How are you going to handle it? And then for the teammates, how are you going to step up and defend these guys and, you know, try, try and make Bruce Brown look stupid for the comments? So we'll see what happens. You certainly understand it. You know, Marcus Smart said that he's good friends with Bruce Brown and says that, you know, I'm sure that he just let something out that they're, talking about behind closed doors. So we'll see ultimately all that matters is how it plays out on the floor. It's great to have a little extra spice going into the series, certainly from a coverage standpoint. So I appreciate it. And uh, we'll see what happens. But it is a huge layer to this series is, of course, how the Celtics do limiting the supporting cast for Brooklyn. And that means Mm -hmm. Bruce Brown, he killed the Cavaliers at the end of that playing game on those short rolls and camping out at the foul line. And when they sent two on to Durant, it often led to Bruce Brown taking advantage of four on three opportunities, credit the Nets for how they've used him in that role since he came over last season. And so it's on the Celtics with that switch heavy one-on-one defensive approach, not to let him get those opportunities 
to make plays more so as a facilitator with a numbers advantage on his side because he's proven adept at that. And then Andre Drummond is obviously a handful to deal with, especially on the glass. So Tice, he's someone who, in a lot of these matchups, the Celtics have tried to keep away from Andre Drummond. If he's forced to go up and deal with them, how does he handle that? And something the Celtics have talked about on that front is if the bigs are doing their job and keeping Drummond away from the rebound, don't expect them to be the ones who get the ball and end a Brooklyn possession. It's going to take a team effort, the guards, the wings. They have to crash the glass as well. And a lot of times it's going to be on them to get the board because it takes so much energy and attention to keep Drummond away from the rebound. So we'll see what happens on that front. And then, of course, Seth Curry and his shooting prowess is another layer. Mm. So how the Celtics do in regards to limiting that supporting cast is going to be a significant factor in who advances. Uh, Steven, to expand the story, Steve Nash only played nine guys in the playing tournament against Cavaliers. They play, he played uh, Durant, Irving, Andre Drummond, Nick Claxton, uh, Seth Curry, Patty Mills, Bruce Brown, Kessler, Edwards, Forward, and Goran Dragic. Of, of, of those nine men, who, uh, how many guys are known uh, for driving to the basket? I would say Durant, Irving, and Bruce Brown because of uh, his floater. Bruce Brown is shooting 50% from the field, and his numbers average out of seven shoots a game, with one of them being a three. So most of his damage comes from inside. The um, majority of the net inside scoring is going to come uh, from their bigs. Uh, does Nash uh, ta- tailor the game plan, uh, the game plan to uh, get more guys downhill uh, to the Cups, perhaps, but it's not really something uh, they have done this year. Uh, Nash is going to have to make Drummond and Claxton a factor here because of the way the Boston Celtics switch on the defense with Irving and Durant. Their approach has been to hold up the switches, the Celtics approach, where the original defender will try to lean into role man as long as he can to uh, read whether he can re-switch back on the net star, Durant, with the ball, uh, or, uh, I mean Irving in, in this case, uh, whether he can uh, uh, re-switch back on the net star with the ball, Irving, or um, Boston Celtics player um, will front the roller so he can still try to pick up Durant on his drive. Uh, either way, it means Drummond and Claxton can release for the free rolls a lot of time and force the Celtics' low man to step up and defend them fully speed. That will put Horford and Tice in tricky situations where they are leaving the corner shooters wide open uh, to take the big man in the drive. And Boston uh, will have to do that uh, since Drummond and Claxton are athletic near the rim. We saw in the Cleveland uh, in this game how they uh, picked Cleveland's defense apart in the crunch time because they used Bruce Brown on the short roll. Cavaliers doubled Durant even Irving, but they used Bruce Brown in the short throw, and he was get, uh, getting the ball to Claxton under the rim, and they destroyed the Cavaliers that way. Boston doesn't have Williams to erase some of those moments, but uh, they all also probably uh, won't have to sell out uh, for the double team uh, quite as much. And actually, the Williams might return in the series. And the Celtics have sounded extremely optimistic about the status refusing to close the door of his uh, ca- comeback. Um, I mean, if he comes back, 
four weeks to the day of his surgery, expect him uh, around the game five. Uh, some comments about uh, this or to skip on another subject? No, let's talk about it. I, I think in regards to Robert Williams, that that last part there nails it, that they will not close the door on him coming back, nor should they. There's a fluidity to this situation. We finally got more visibility into him at, at the Celtics practice facility today. And so it, it's going to be interesting to see where he's at because game five is exactly four weeks from when he had surgery on his left knee. And so it's just a matter. They've always been optimistic and believe that he's going to come back on the early end of the time frame. It's a four-week absence, or roughly, depending on when he returns, compared to someone like Ben Simmons missing the entire season. So, you, you know, there is certainly a, a ramp-up period, and he's not going to be in the same quality of game shape that he was when he went out, but he's still going to be a heck of a lot closer and, and able to contribute. And so I think Williams is obviously another swing factor in this series and what he's able to give. Does he come back or not is anyone's guess, really. The Celtics have to operate, though, with the mindset that they won't have him. They can't focus on who might be available. They have to prioritize who is there and how they're going to play because the scheme does change a little bit without Robert Williams in the mix. Another huge part of it, and you said it there at the beginning, Igor, is that it wasn't just the switch that allowed Robert Williams to be closer to the rim mm-hmm. to protect the basket more often that helped the Celtics defense rise to another level. It was also that operating yeah. as a free safety, he has the length and athleticism to get out to those corner shooters and affect both simultaneously. And Al Horford, Daniel Tice, Grant Williams, they're not that guy. They're built differently. They're not going to be able to do that. So, it is a more of a pick-your-poison type element here, and it's going to be really interesting to see how the Celtics handle it. Do they just rely on their switches? Do they feel there's going to be a need to adjust that depending on how a game is unfolding? It's going to be a really interesting chess match to see what the Celtics start with in that regard. My guess is they stay true to their identity as a switch-heavy defense against the pick-and-roll, but it's certainly possible that leads to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving forcing their hand and causing Ime to adjust. Uh, the next question, how many problems will the Nets have with Boston's offense? To elaborate, the Nets' biggest concern in this series, and the key question for me is uh, how they will hold up defensively against the Boston Celtics attack. They were, if I'm correct, number 19 in the league, and if they stay at the level of number 19, they will have absolutely no chance, in my opinion, to defeat the Celtics. Uh, so, um, against this Boston Celtics attack that really turned the corner in the last three months, even compared to the last season when uh, they had uh, plenty of holes, some of their defensive personnel is questionable. Uh, they play a lot of small guards who should have the serious trouble against Boston Celtics perimeter size. Tatum took advantage of uh, all mismatches the last um, game against the Nets, 54 points. But the Brooklyn does have some defensive-minded combinations. For example, uh, over 201 minutes, uh, their best defensive combination is with Bruce Brown and Nick Claxton on the court. And the Nets are having, with uh, Durant Brown and Claxton, 93.3 points per 100 possessions, uh, defensive uh, rating uh, of uh, three-man lineup. That is uh, really solid. If that group can produce enough offensively 
um, the end of the Cavaliers game should be a good sign on that front. It could be the next uh, best uh, bet against the Boston Celtics closing lineup. Um, now, uh, uh, this is where I think the defense, uh, Ben Simmons healthy, Ben Simmons can be the difference maker in this series. Uh, for example, if uh, Simmons can give the next 10 to 15 minutes of the defense uh, on the Tatum and Brown, uh, he can help their defense. The biggest thing, Brooklyn roster lackeys original, original incarnation of this super team um, was wing defender. Uh, Simmons is giving them wing defender because uh, Simmons can healthy Simmons can guard multiple positions. He's all NBA defender in full strength. Now I don't expect Simmons uh, in that speed right now, uh, but he provides solid defense and better than uh, at least uh, Kessler Edwards, for example. Regardless of Simmons availability. Brooklyn switches on the defense as much as Boston. But I think the preference would be Durant and Claxton on Tatum as much as possible. Uh, because Simmons is not going to play tomorrow. Nash play in rotation provides a lot of mismatches in um, Tatum's favor. For example, when Dragic, Bruce Brown, Mills and Irving are on the floor, they all have lack of size. Even though Brown is good on ball defender, the Nets really don't have a lot of great options on uh, Tatum. Durant uh, was asked about containing Tatum, uh, and he said that's a tough question. He's one of those players where you just play hard and see what happens. He's just so talented, skilled, efficient in what he does. You've got just to play hard, and, and we will see what happens. Uh, what do you say about original question, Bobby? Uh, can uh, the Nets hold up defensively against the solid uh, Boston Celtics offense. Well, Bro- Brooklyn's been built with this iteration of their team to be able to say that even if we're not particularly good defensively, then we still believe that we have a legitimate chance to outscore you thanks to Durant and Kyrie. And, and on a lot of nights, they're correct about that. So it'll be interesting to see. I think with Durant, they're going to try and be selective about when they put him on Tatum specifically. So if it's close in crunch time, that's a moment where he's going to guard Tatum and they're going to do their best to see if someone else can beat Brooklyn. And they might be right about that because Kevin Durant is an excellent defender, but they do have to be careful. He's shouldered so much of a mm-hmm. burden for them really on both ends all season and mm-hmm. last year too, but even more so this year. So they, they've got to be careful about that. It can't just be, 48 minutes or however long he's out there where he's guarding the best player on the floor for Boston. They're going to have to use him as a free safety at times and really for most of the game, which they will. And then outside of that, you talked about some quality options they have, but there's so many players to go after, whether that's Kyrie, Drummond in open space, Seth Curry, Patty Mills, Goran Dragic when he's out there. There's just all kinds of options. The Cavaliers got a ton of quality shots and didn't convert on a lot of them. I think they only had six made threes through the first three quarters of that game against the Nets, but still they cut the deficit to six on several occasions in the fourth quarter. So this is a different animal that the Celtics have. And while a lot of their rotation players are not sexy names, their ball movement has become so effective, which Igor is crazy to say when you think about where we were towards the beginning of this season, but the level that it's gone to is the key reason 
that the Celtics now, for the entire season, they rank in the top 10, their ninth in offensive rating. That's points per 100 possession. Since the All-Star break, they're number one in that category. And it's the ball movement that is at the root of that. And so what happens is it might not be a specific player taking you off the dribble. It is the result of constantly keeping defenses, especially a bad one like Brooklyn's, in rotation and then taking advantage of breakdowns and, and capitalizing on clean looks or the ability to get all the way to the rim. And so that's how the Celtics are going to look to attack Brooklyn because almost every second of the game, they're going to have multiple liabilities out there defensively. Um, just to say that uh, uh, if I didn't, and I think I did, uh, that um, Minnesota Timberwolves uh, defeated Memphis Grizzlies, uh, um, I mean, uh, maybe it is a, a surprise for somebody, maybe it is not, uh, but uh, this, uh, this uh, you know, uh, series is going to be um, uh, ex- extraordinary. Anthony Edwards, 36-6, and six, uh, 12 of 30 of 23 field goal. Carl Anthony Towns, 29-13, and 13. pleasure to watch the series. Uh, returning and one last uh, comment from my side before giving word to Kevin. Uh, we saw in the last matchup uh, that once Durant was o- o- on the off the floor on the bench, Nash uh, would start Irving on Tatum, and then uh, Nash switch switched uh, as soon as they as he could, you know, re-switch. Uh, you know, they uh, eliminate Irving of Tatum with bigger guys. But Brooklyn didn't have much better option to pick uh, him up in the switch. So um, I would imagine they will still try to keep Bruce Brown or Kessler Edwards on the floor whenever Durant is on the bench. So the Nash can uh, ensure at least one of his capable wing defenders is going to be in this area uh, to pick up Tatum uh, in re-switch. Boston can try to target one weak defender um, on Brooklyn at first, but eventually Bruce Brown or Edwards' man is going to get involved in the action. If Boston wants to maintain offensive flow, uh, if two of Irving, Curry, or Mills are on the floor, um, uh, which they need offensively, Tatum and Brown are going to find uh, the mismatches through the night. The Celtics' uh, offense barely uh, resembles the sloppy mess in the early season. Uh, still, they, uh, but their shooting behind Tatum and Brown uh, stand out as potential player officials. For example, uh, Smart can have extraordinary games, shooting games, so as Derek White, but also um, they can uh, shoot bad. Al Horford's outside shooting pickup recently, but still Horford finished worse than league average from behind the arc. If those guys that I mentioned, Smart, White, Horford, and the others of the bench, uh, Peyton Pritchard is positive sign. Uh, uh, if those guys uh, uh, shoot uh, bad, uh, teams will be able to uh, ratchet up the pressure on Brown and uh, uh, Tatum. Uh, so Simmons could have helped the net, uh, but uh, I mean, uh, he is far from. Uh, re- re- returning. So, um, what do you say? Uh, what do you say for 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 end of my segment, Bobby? Uh, for example, uh, if uh, 
their defense, Nets defense, is, uh, you know, uh, playing tight defense up the front, or if they're, they're double team crowding the paint, uh, you know, if they're leaving Boston Celtics double team Tatum and Brown, if they're leaving uh, other Boston Celtics shooters that I mentioned open to beat them, uh, do you think the, these tactics will pay off? And do you think that Boston can rely on uh, other shooters than Brown and Tatum on the offense? I, I think Brooklyn's best bet is to study that Dallas game as well as how Detroit played the Celtics. And those were instances where those defenses were physical with them. They doubled Tatum effectively. And then no one behind him made them pay even with a numbers advantage. So like you said, there's a lot of guys out there who are not particularly consistent three-point shooters. So if Al Horford is missing and Derek White is off and on down the line, Smart's not making them, that really plays into Brooklyn's favor. And then what we've seen from the Celtics is they typically do not adapt to the reality that they're not shooting well from beyond the arc. And we don't see them start to mix up their shot profile in, the, in those moments if they like the shots they're getting, make or miss. So it's going to be really interesting to see if that unfolds. That's kind of a nightmare scenario, Igor, for Boston, that Brooklyn mm-hmm. is taking the ball out of Tatum's hands and no one's making them pay for it. Mm-hmm. And, and then they're not adapting and it's just kind of spiraling from there. Then you've got a question again. The Celtics have done such a great job of being mentally tough in adverse situations, but if they're missing and then Kevin Durant and Kyrie are punishing them at the other end, how do they handle it? They know at some point they've been asked about it all week. How will you respond when you get hit in the mouth? Because it's coming and it's easy to talk about having a game plan for it and being able to handle it. But then you have to actually go out there and do it. And whether that's at home and the crowd goes quiet or it's in Brooklyn and not that it's a great home atmosphere, but in those moments, I'm sure it'll be rowdy and and they'll feel it. And so it'll be really interesting to see because that, again, that moment where you're in the pressure cooker and it's not going your way. That's another one of those factors that determines who advances in a best of seven. I have the information when you mentioned the crowd in Brooklyn, because uh, Brooklyn is afraid that their crowd is not um, uh, too loud. They hired four DJs in order to pump up the atmosphere when Boston Celtics are playing there. We will see if uh, this will help us, if this will help the Nets. But uh, what I was, what I was trying to say that uh, against Boston Celtics offense, practically, uh, to close my story, uh, Nash will have uh, the two uh, tactics. Uh, the first tactic is going uh, to be uh, limit the production of Boston Celtics role guys. Everybody others than Brown and Tatum. Do not double team Tatum and Brown. Uh, play uh, switches and one-on-one on them. So uh, try to beat Boston Celtics this way. Or you, must, uh, you can crowd the paint, uh, prevent the drives, and double team Tatum and Brown and leave the other Boston Celtics shooters to beat you. So we will see which kind of strategy Nash will pick and we will analyze when we analyze uh, the next, uh, uh, I mean, uh, weekend, we will analyze uh, which kind of tactics the Nash has chosen uh, against Boston Celtics uh, 
And uh, I, I must underline that uh, I think Nets will miss a lot of Joe Harris, especially in the offense, his tricky shooting. Um, he was like the third uh, guy with the uh, sure points. Yes, they have Steph Curry, but uh, you still would need Joe Harris, uh, for example, from the bench production. And uh, they miss Simmons, at least in the first uh, couple of games defensively, as I explained. Uh, even though he didn't play, but uh, Simons is, uh, when he's healthy, the best defender, um, not uh, uh, mentioning Kevin Durant, the best defender on Tatum and Brown. Uh, Bobby, uh, my pleasure to talk with you. I will let uh, Kevin to ask a couple of questions if you don't mind. Great stuff. Igor, pleasure was all mine. Always great chatting with you. Bobby, how are you doing today? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing great, doing great. Um, my mindset with the Celtics is this right here, um, and I'm probably different with a few people, but I've been a Celtics fan since the early 70s. We never ran for anyone. And a friend said to me, he says, why did they lose that game so they could play uh, Toronto or whoever? And I said, I, I, I have no idea. I said, but if you want to if, if you want to beat the best you play against the best so i respect i respect the Celtics organization and the team for for saying we're not running from nobody we're going to play who we're going to play um with that mentality i mean do where, where do you see the motivation coming from from the Celtics um to come up with this challenge against the Brooklyn Nets because i think this is going to be a good series um so far, all the playoffs right now has been a really good good series. I think the NBA did a great job on the play-in um, tournament games. I like that. I, th- I think they just need to switch it up. The seventh seed team, like the T-Wolves, I, I felt like they should have to have a play-in game. They, up, they, they, they were 10 games above 500, so I felt like that was an adjust for them. Um, but what is what do you think is the motivation for the Celtics um, to want to play Brooklyn? Well, so and I think you spoke to it there. It, it's that they are building a culture this season, and it's certainly something that they've had for most of their existence where they're not going to back down from anyone, and they want to be this mentally tough team, and they also want to prioritize themselves. Ime Udoka said it at every single postgame presser down the stretch where he constantly said, our focus is playing our best basketball we don't want to slip up, especially with a week off after the season ends, and we want to make sure that we're as healthy as possible and we're playing our best and we stay sharp and let the chips fall where they may. So everyone else took an approach, and maybe the Celtics lose in round one for it while Milwaukee, for instance, gets to steamroll the Chicago Bulls. But the Celtics want to build a certain culture and have done so this season that – tanking that last game against Memphis to get an easier opponent would have flown in the face of, and that clearly is a much bigger deal to Ime Udoka in particular than the idea that they would get to the second round, just, you know, sort of a free pass to get there and then see what happens against Milwaukee while giving the Bucks home court advantage in the process. Okay. And and that was, I think that was a key too, because if, if, we win this series and we play against Milwaukee, which is another great team. Um, I think the home court advance will be big against them um, because you got 
You got um, Giannis, who's who's just a monster of a guy. Um, getting Tice back and the, the the trade for White. How do you think that affected us? Because we, I think we were rolling right before the trade. I think we had won a couple games in a row, and they made the trade anyway and brought the two guys in. What was it about? What was it about? I, I know about Tice being with the Celtics, but what do you think it was about White that um, enticed Boston so much to go out and get him? And I think they gave up a draft pick or something like that for him as well. What did you see? What do you see in, in White that? really made um, Brad Stevens say, yo, you know what, we really need this guy on our team. Yeah, they gave up two draft picks, potentially. They gave up, or most likely, I should say, for their case, they hope so. They gave up a this year's first-round pick and a pick in 2028 that's only top one protected. So they certainly paid a significant price to get him. They gave up Josh Richardson, who had been playing well for them, and you're right, the turnaround. It started before the trade deadline. Really, they point to that New Year's Eve game against Phoenix, and January was up and down, had a lot of positives, and then February 10th was the deadline. They make this move. Derek White is a guy that they like for years now. There's a lot of familiarity with him, excuse me, between Ime Yudoka was with him almost White's entire career with the Spurs, and then there's also the fact that White played for Team USA with Smart and Jalen and Jason. And he just perfectly, coming from that San Antonio Spurs culture, fits with how they want this offense to evolve. So more than anything, even though they were already playing well going into the trade deadline, they knew there were a lot of pieces on the roster that didn't jive with how they wanted to operate and play and that philosophy. So Derek White, with that .5 mentality, get the ball, immediately do something with it, and keep it moving, that fits a lot better than Dennis Schroeder consistently slowing the pace down walking the ball up, dribbling the air out of the ball. He's a good player, no doubt, and gave them a dynamic they didn't really have with his speed and ability to get to the basket, but he didn't fit. Josh Richardson, I think with the playoffs in mind, they looked at him as a very good player on a team-friendly deal, but doesn't totally fit the mold of, of what they're looking for and felt also like Derek White has not been shooting as well from three, but playing alongside guys like Tatum and Brown is going to afford him better looks and should give him a comparable bump from beyond the arc that Josh Richardson and some of these other players like Evan Fournier got in their time with the Celtics. And now White, it was a slow start on that front, but he is starting to shoot the ball better as well. So he just perfectly fits how they want to play on both ends, but especially on offense and spurring them, no pun intended, into having better ball movement and making quicker decisions because that type of approach it's contagious. Okay. And now um, we're looking at Pritchard now. Um, he's he's going to get some minutes in the playoffs. Um, what do you see coming out of Pritchard as far as, as the quality of minutes? And um, do you think he's going to be a, fa- uh, a real factor in um, how far the subjects can go um, relying on, on, on our bench players? He's definitely a factor. More than anything, I love the confidence. And then that was another – there was an opportunity created for him by moving Schroeder at the deadline, and certainly it wasn't the primary motivation, but they were cognizant that Peyton Pritchard's going to get a real chance to step up here, and he's done so since that move and really has taken off as finding a consistent rhythm as a shooter, which is his most valuable asset. 
I think he's an underrated defender and a competitor on that end of the floor. And he's another one who helps to keep the ball moving and to facilitate more so as a guy who's going to rack up hockey assists and sometimes you know, tertiary assists, so not even that secondary one. But he just he perfectly fits within the style the Celtics want to play and brings them some needed three-point shooting. Okay. So now let's talk about Naismith. Um do you? I, I think he might be a big factor in the playoffs because of his shooting. I think he just has to get his confidence up. And I think he'll be fine. But do you do you see him being in the rotation at all um, during the series against the, against uh, the Nets? I, I think more often than not, he's not going to play meaningful minutes. If they are, it'll be small, of course. Um, with Neesmith. The problem is consistency because even when he has a good performance, there's either an injury like what happened after the game on MLK Day against the Pelicans where he had one of the best games of his young career, but he got hurt in the process and missed some time with an ankle injury after that. Or sometimes he plays well like in that game against the Raptors fairly recently, and he just couldn't stack performances of that nature on top of it. So that's the problem with Neesmith. I think that he is the ninth man in the rotation ahead of Sam Hauser, for instance. But as far as Ime Udoka calling his name, as much as he'll have to stay ready, I think for the most part, it's not going to happen. Okay. Okay. And, and, and that was, that was one of my things is I, I, I and I like Hauser too. Um, I was hoping that he would have got some more minutes playing. Cause I, I think he's a good shooter. Um, I think Hauser could, his career could be – he could be a uh, a new – he could be a poor man's Cal Cover, in my opinion. Um, I think he just has to get the – he just has to get the opportunities. I think the opportunities will come with him if he stays with Boston. Um, so the series against Brooklyn, um, it, it's been going back and forth. Um, who's favorite, who's not favorite. And I'm I'm in the mindset, me and Igor were going back and forth on, on the page about this. And I was saying to Igor, I said, I don't care who we play. <laughs> I'll be honest. I was like, look. Whoever we play, we just gotta be ready to play them. And we got whoever we got, we gotta we gotta do it. We gotta be be ready to play, no matter who we have on the floor or not. But um, again, I'm the mindset um, that I think Brown and Tatum have been in this situation before. Um, they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals, so they know the pressure of of big time games and big time plays. Now, I, I think my personal opinion. I feel like the Celtics, I think the Celtics are going to win this series in six games because I think even without Robert Williams being on the floor, the defense, the rotation of our defense is is outstanding. Now, grant you that our defense was was the best when we had Robert Williams on the floor, but also they they, they have been pretty good with with um, Al Harford and Tice. So, what are your thoughts on defensively if how this thing can how how this will hold up for us. Well, I, I agree with everything you just said. I, I think the Celtics are the better team. They should be favored, and I think that in at least some books they are, and some they aren't. But then you start to see the the bets come in towards the Celtics side, and that sways initial reactions. So DraftKings, for instance, started with Brooklyn. I think they've flipped now. I've seen some other ones that definitely have. So maybe DraftKings hasn't, but I, I've seen that happen where people. Our book started with the Nets, saw where the money was going, and, and flipped. And, and that the Celtics are the flat-out better team. They're certainly the more well-rounded one. 
They are much better defensively. They finished this season ranked number one in defensive rating and had a little bit of cushion there as well. So to me, how they stack up without Robert Williams in the lineup against this Nets team, like I said, I think a huge part of it is understanding that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to score a lot of points at a high volume on a consistent basis. And so it's about making it's about making them work for their points and making every shot as tough as possible. Like I thought that P.J. Tucker last year, he did a pretty good job against Kevin Durant, and Durant was constantly putting up 50 or close to it and nearly won the series if he was wearing a smaller shoe. He still had to work hard to <laughs> score. And, I mean, he, he's arguably the greatest scorer to ever play the game. You can certainly make a case for it, so you've got to live with that. And that's the responsibility, and if he makes the shot, you tip your cap like P.J. Tucker was doing. That's what Marcus Smart and company have to do on these guys like Durant and Kyrie, who are just basketball savants, especially on that end of the floor. And then you really have to limit, like I was telling Igor, the damage done by the supporting cast. It can't be that Seth Curry is going for 20 points, that Andre Drummond is just killing them on the offensive glass, whether it's put back by him or generating second chances for Durant and Irving. It can't be what happened to the Cavs at the end of that playing game with Bruce Brown carving them up. So it's really going to take a disciplined team defensive effort, and that includes going back and getting the rebounds as the bigs work to keep Drummond off the boards. That's what it's going to take. But the Celtics, they've played effectively even without Robert Williams down the stretch, so they need to continue to play up to the standard that they've established for themselves. I agree. Um, also, the uh, the Ben Simmons thing is just – I get it, but I don't get it because I'm like, he hasn't played in over a year. Um, and most teams don't practice. When the, when the playoffs start, they don't practice. They look at film, do walkthroughs or whatever. Unless he's playing against um, the bench or whatever the case may be, he's not playing a lot. I, I, I just can't see Ben Simmons coming in – and doing any any damage to the Celtics, as far as I'm concerned, as far as playing defense against Jalen or Jason, I think they look at him and it's like, you put him if you put him on me, you're disrespecting me as a basketball player. So now I got it. I got to do what I got to do, and that means to make him look bad um, on the basketball court. I, I don't. I think it's all. I think it's a lot of talk with uh, the Ben Simmons situation. I think. Um, it's just something for the Nets to talk about, um, to, not to, to, to occupy their time about not about not being to play good defense at all, um, and 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 again, I think the Ben Simmons thing is, is overrated, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing if he does play, how much time he does play, or if he plays at all. I I, I really don't, I don't think he plays. I really don't. Um, it, it to me, it just it's it, it's a sign of desperation if they, if they do play him. So what's your thoughts on the Ben Simmons? And I think I have one more question to ask you after that one. Yeah, I, I think you can make a case that their title hopes come down to Ben Simmons coming back and what he's able to give them because they've been so porous defensively. And you're exactly right about the mindset. If he's out there and they're going to throw him on Jason Tatum after not playing in over a year, then Tatum or Jalen Brown, if it's him, they need to look at him like he's lunch meat. They need to go right at him and, and see what he can do and do on a consistent basis. You know, even if he stops them one time, see if he's got the wind and the stamina 
to be able to do it again the very next possession without falling into the trap of, you know, you, now you start playing into Brooklyn's hand if it's bad shots because you're forcing the issue and getting away from how you want to approach it. But you're exactly right. They need to attack Ben Simmons if Brooklyn puts him on the floor and see what he can do. We have no idea if he's going to resemble the defensive player of the year caliber guy that he was last year when he was the runner-up or if he's going to be struggling with that back and not particularly mobile or in good shape. He's going to get practice time. It might not be five-on-five with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but they'll have some coaches out there, some two-way guys, guys at the end of the bench. They'll get him those reps in an effort to ramp him up, right, and make sure that he's ready. I do think he's going to come back, that it'll happen in Brooklyn, whether that's game three or game four. That's when I have circled what he's able to bring, though, and does he ultimately prove to be a liability because they ask him to do too much, like guard a Jason Tatum. That's going to be really interesting to see because it's, of course, a swing factor in this series. Yeah, I, it definitely it, it definitely um, a swing factor um, in this series if he does get a chance to play. Um, I have one more question for you. Oh, my goodness, it slipped my mind. Oh, I, it was – okay, so we know that – during the season, we've seen uh, 134, 140, 150 points games being played. Um, and I think that if we keep this score under under, under 100, I, I, I say 110, um, I think we really have a good chance of, of winning the game because I may be playing great defense. I don't think Brooklyn can handle that because that means that you're not getting a lot of scoring from either uh, Kyrie or KD. I mean, they're scoring, but let's say if we give them, if, if we say, okay, we can we can get them 70 points together, and we gotta stop everybody else. And, and I, I and that's that's that would be my mindset. But as a Boston fan, I've always seen them play against teams like when they played um, against Chicago with Jordan. Jordan scored 63. Next person close to him had 20 points. I think it was. But they, I've never. This is probably the first time that I've seen Boston. If if it happens, that they allow two players to go off and shut everybody else down defensively. Do you think that could be the mindset? Uh, what um, MU is thinking about, maybe? Yeah, I, I think it definitely is that they understand, and they've talked about it all week long. That Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to combine to put a lot of points on the board, whether it's thirty-five each, whether you know, Durant, we were just talking about last year against the Bucks, an excellent defense, and a lot of time against P.J. Tucker, he was putting up 50 or close to it. Kyrie is a savant on that end. They're going to score, and you have to, you have to deal with that and understand that the goal is to make them consistently work as hard as possible or close to it in order to accomplish that. And if you can, quote, unquote, limit them, 35 and under, ideally less for Kyrie than 35, then you should be in good shape. So more than anything, it is a little bit – it's different because it's two instead of one. So like MJ going for 63, for instance. But it, it is the same type of approach. You know, the Warriors did it to LeBron in that first time they met up in the finals. It's being able to shut down the supporting cast. So if the Celtics can do that, then it, it just puts even more pressure on Durant and Irving to score enough to overcome that lack of help. And so – I do think that the Celtics can certainly accomplish that. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me um, as far as questions. So, only thing I'm gonna say is, I- I'm gonna say this before anybody. I'm gonna say this before anybody else said. 
I'm predicting the Celtics going back to the finals. It's going to be an old school finals between Boston and Phoenix Suns again, and Boston will prevail again. I, I'm a, I, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Speak it into existence. <laughs> Igor. Uh, yes. Uh, so, uh, Bobby, uh, thanks again. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was fantastic uh, uh, interview. I would, uh, I mean, uh, I would uh, not add. Uh, in, in, instead, I, I can maybe uh, ask you one more question or uh, constatation. Uh, uh, to, to about uh, Kevin said about the uh, series outcome. Uh, he thinks the Celtics in uh, uh, six. Uh, here is how uh, ESPN experts um, voted Bobby, and it is interesting to see uh, plus some odds uh, for the end. Uh, so first round, Boston Celtics number two, Brooklyn Nets number seven. Uh, the betting odds from uh, the uh, the betting odds from um, uh, the, the the ESPN crew. Uh, Kendra Andrews, Celtics in seven. Jerry Bembry, Nets in six. Jamar Collier, Celtics in seven. Nick De Paula, Nets in six. Nick Fredel, Nets in seven. Kirk uh, Kirk uh, Goldsberry, Celtics in seven. Israel Gutierrez, Celtics in seven. Richard Jefferson, Nets in seven. Tim Legler, Celtics in seven. Andrew Lopez, Nets in seven. Tim McMahon, Celtics in seven. Bobby Marks, Celtics in seven. Dave McManamy, uh, Nets in seven. Kelvin Pelton, Celtics in seven. Uh, Omar Raja, Nets in seven. Um, Jorge, uh, Jorge Sedano, Nets in seven. Ramona Shelburne, Celtics in seven. Andre Snelling, Celtics in seven. Mark uh, Spears, Nets in seven. Um, Om Young, Young Mishuk, Nets in six. Final tally, uh, Celtics ten and Nets uh, ten. I would say Celtics in seven, uh, but uh, uh, it is possible, like Kevin said, uh, even uh, uh, in uh, six. Uh, now, uh, Bobby, uh, when we are talking about the odds, uh, the Celtics uh, uh, opened uh, favorites uh, uh, against uh, the Nets. Uh, so, uh, series price, uh, Brooklyn Nets plus 110 on Tuesday and uh, Boston Celtics uh, minus 130. Uh, but on the DraftKings, uh, if I'm correct and I'm searching, um, uh, I'm, I'm searching, yes. Uh, open odds at the DraftKings, Celtics Nets. The Celtics were plus 115, and Nets were the favorites, minus 145. Uh, to conclude the story, uh, I mean, right now the Celtics are the favorites, uh, but uh, as you can see, uh, you know, the predictions are uh, here and there, the long, interesting series. Uh, you know, uh, I think that... Uh, Majority of the people right now are thinking that uh, the, the Celtics will win, but uh, there are the experts that, that are saying that um, the net star power will, will uh, you know, win this uh, series. Uh, so do you have some predictions or uh, you don't have to give the predictions if you don't want to, but uh, what do you say about, for example, ESPN pool 10 and 10? 
But I think it speaks volumes that the common theme there is everyone predicting seven games. What I wonder is because is it because people have a hard time visualizing the road team closing it out in someone else's gym and forget who the matchup is, that it's just a general visualization. And so you go away from that. You think Brooklyn game six, they'll protect their home court. And then whether you have the Celtics or Nets in game seven, you ultimately think it gets there. For me, I'm with Kevin. I think it's Celtics in six. So that's my prediction as well. I Mm -hmm. I think they're the better team, the more well-rounded one. And while we certainly recognize some potential Mm -hmm. game changers in Ben Simmons and Robert Williams from the Boston perspective, Ultimately, I think that the Celtics will advance out of this series, and I think they close it out on Brooklyn's floor. Okay, okay. Um, I said uh, Ben Simmons, uh, uh, I mean, if he's healthy, he could be the factor because uh, if the Nets are playing uh, the defense at uh, the level number 19, they absolutely have no chance against Celtic defense. Uh, The offense uh, is solid or good, can be solid. They will miss Joe Harris. But uh, the defense is a very issue. There are small guards uh, against the Boston Celtics guards on the offense. Uh, that will be the problem. And we, we, we will see, you know. Um, I mean, our guy, Andrew, uh, said that uh, this series will be about the mentality, you know. Uh, for example, uh, th- this series will be about uh, uh, to prove a readiness of uh, this Celtics team and their stars, whether they're capable to uh, be the champs, like Kevin said, maybe to be in the finals, uh, or not, you know. So if um, the Celtics are mentally prepared in the heads to defeat the Nets, I think they will defeat them. On the other hand, uh, this is uh, the, the longer story that I don't want to enter to, the net stars, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they have uh, the rings. And Kevin Durant said to the Nets reporter this year that uh, from now on, he doesn't think about uh, the pension and retirement, but uh, he's playing uh, to enjoy the basketball. Uh, the winning is not pressure anymore for him. So I'm questioning his motivation. I mean, motivation to win. Of course, he wants to win. Uh, you know, uh, every single game. But um, Boston Celtics uh, stars are hungrier at this point uh, for the wins and the titles than uh, Brooklyn Nets stars. And this could be the winning mentality for us. Uh, Bobby, a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, You can plug in, of course, uh, to repeat uh, your site uh, at Bobby Kvitsky's site at at, uh, SC now a voice of uh, at Sports Map Radio. Uh, the site is uh, at your uh, Twitter profile, at Bobby Kivitsky, sc.com, NBA Celtics, at our page, your articles, we will be Celtics Fans Forum. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, Igor, really appreciate the plug. And the last thing, I just want to end by sending my condolences to Daniel and his family. Yes, of course, in the name of all, all of us, uh, he's not with us, and hopefully that he will join us uh, you know, um, in uh, near future, condolences to Danny and his family, of course, and go Celtics tomorrow, right? So we will talk um, after the series uh, what happens, right? Should be a hell of a game, Igor. I can't wait. Should be a hell of the series. One, that was Bobby Krivitsky. One more. Take one, I got one more thing. I got one more thing. Also, yep, I'm here. What they needed. 
Also, I think what's going to be a motivating factor for them, too, is Kyrie left Boston. KD didn't want to come to Boston. Mm-hmm. So those things, I think, play a factor in them saying with Jason and Jalen, like, yo, these guys didn't want to play with us. So now we're going to prove to them why they should have played with us. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of motivating factors between Jalen and Jason to mm-hmm. do what they well, need to do against this the, team. The, the, the thing about that, Kevin, is that with Kyrie, a lot of these guys have good relationships with him now. Even Jalen Brown, it wasn't always that way, but it is now. And in regards to Durant, Jason Tatum wasn't here when he made his decision, or I think they had just drafted him. So there was no real way to know. It wasn't like a a rejection of an established Tatum, for instance. Jalen Brown didn't play a ton his rookie year, so it it really didn't speak to him either. I think Durant was locked in on Golden State. His second choice probably would have been Boston, but I I think the whole way it it was really just about the idea that he was ready to leave OKC and he was going to the Warriors. Okay. That, okay, sounds, that, uh, sounds, that sounds fair. Mm-hmm. But, but, uh, but the Celtics team, they are legitimate title contenders, and they're, mm-hmm. I think that confidence and the belief that they have such a great opportunity in front of them, I think more than anything else, that's, what fu- that's what's fueling them right now. Uh, great stuff, as always, uh, great stuff as always. Uh, Kevin, we will uh, continue with Luis in the second half uh, to break down the okay. series and uh, the keys of the series. Uh, now we are going on, the, on to polls. Uh, Bobby, really appreciate it. We can, I mean, always pleasure to speak with you. Uh, and again, uh, I am recommending every one of uh, the Celtics fans to follow you and your, your staff. Appreciate that, Igor. It's my pleasure. And I'm sure that we'll talk off the air after the game tomorrow. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, so, uh, Kevin, we're going on the poll, so we will return for the second half. Shannon, if the Nets do beat the Cavs, what shot do you give them against the Celtics? Really? Hold on. They were the betting favorite to win the whole thing. And now we're talking about do they got a shot to beat the Celtics? Fox Bet and Vegas still have them the second favorite to win the East behind the Bucks. They're the third favorite to win the title behind the Suns and the Bucks. And we're saying they have a shot to beat the Celtics. Okay, well, they're down a big one of their big three. Right? Right, but they hadn't had him all year. The Celtics are down Robert Williams, who's a major contributor to them being the number one defensive team in all of basketball. See, Ben Simmons or Robert Williams? Robert Williams? I think I'll take Ben Simmons. When was the last time you saw Ben Simmons play? Uh, I, I saw him play back-to-back years in which he was first-team all-defense. That's all I know. You, so did you, have you seen him this year? I have not. Okay. okay. And they've been playing, they've been playing the better. They played the entire season without mm-hmm. Ben Simmons. And you was all gone home. Mm-hmm. You wait till he get to Brooklyn. He's going to show them sixes. And now you're doubting, I don't know. I don't mm. think Ben's going to play. Mm. Look, look. I'm not so sure that the Nets might not be favored in this series. It's going to be very interesting. I don't think Vegas has come out with the odds yet because they don't really know who's going to play. But mm-hmm. it'd be very interesting if the uh, uh, the Nets beat Cleveland, who will be the favorite? But I would favor the I would favor the, the Celtics. Oh anyway. well, after all you said, now no, you're no, favoring no, but, the Celtics. But let me let me tell okay. let me let me tell you no. But here's the thing: you saw a shot. I mean, a shot is like a, like a hail mary, like oh the eight the one the eight seed against. No, Skip, come on. This is not a conventional Well, this seven. would be the seven versus the two. But it's not a conventional seven seed. Mm-hmm. This is not because we've never seen a seven seed have this kind of firepower offensively where their challenge is on the defensive end. And, what and we, you haven't liked them all year on defense. No, I don't. 
And what I do know is that I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown, but they've been as good a duo as any, t- as any one-two combo in all of basketball. No argument here. And now you get uh, Smart, mm-hmm. who's going to have a strong case for Defensive Player of the Year. He's got a He's case. He's starting to get some offense going. I agree. Very good overall team. Big Al Horford is doing a great job clogging the paint. He can make shots from the three-point line. He can pull your big out. It's going to be very, very interesting. Derek White came over. He's played really, really well for the Celtics. I've always liked him. I would love, really love, love, love Boston if Robert Williams isn't, was healthy. I, I understand. But he's not. And there, yet still, there's some outside chance he had a scope. Yeah. And sometimes if, there is, if it's just a little flap right. that they have to take out, you, you can bounce back. He might be available. I know it's a it's, long it's shot. It's second round. Okay. I, think, I think it's more probable or more likely that he'd be available right. for the second round. With that being said, I still would favor the Celtics over the Nets, although I do understand what the Nets represent because Kyrie yesterday had it going. KD struggled offensively, but he did everything else extremely well. Mm-hmm. He facilitated 16 assists, career high. He had 10 rebounds, had a triple-double. He, he, was, he, he was really bad from the three-point line. 5 of 17, I think, overall. I think he had 20. He was 20, 16, and 10, something like that, Skip. But we know the firepower that they possess. Yep. The thing is, they're going to have to get between 75 and 80 on a nightly basis. Mm-hmm. And that still might not be enough because guess what? Tatum and Brown can match them shot for shot. Mm-hmm. Not, not the shot-wise, yep. but they can score just as easily as those guys can because the Nets are so challenged defensively. Yep. So I think it's going to be a great series, but I'm going to take the Celtics. Okay. I, I don't disagree with one word you just uttered. I've had my issues, my doubts, that little voice in the back of my head about these nets all year long. It just hasn't been right. I, I think Kyrie's decision not to get vaccinated fractured the, the foundation of unity in that locker room. It's just, it, you know how it, we talked about it all year long, where guys are looking sideways like, wait a second, I did this, I made the sacrifice, you can't do it for us. Right. And it's hard emotionally and psychologically to overcome the choice that he made and stood by right. the whole year. By the way, now the mayor of New York has COVID, so <laughs> who knew? But and that's that's the reason, main reason James Harden wanted to leave. That was the main reason. So it upset their apple cart, and apples were just going everywhere mm-hmm. in that locker room. KD can be very, to use your favorite word, mercurial. He can be moody. He can be up and down, and I think it hurt him as Kyrie's probably closest friend, not, not like family member close, but, but as close as somebody outside his family could yeah. be to him. And yeah. I think it I hurt agree. KD. I think it hurt his overall enthusiasm for basketball. And he's made some comments lately, and it made me wonder about his psyche right now, because after you win back-to-back finals MVPs, and then you carry us, the United States, to a gold medal last summer, then he talked the other day about, you know, I just play now sort of against myself is how he was saying it. Like right. he just plays to, to play basketball because he loves to hoop. Right. He's one of the rare breed who just, he just loves to play basketball right. and to work at playing right. basketball. But he said the winning part of it is, is not an obsession anymore. It's easy okay? to say once you get those two titles. He was obsessed before I, he got I, those titles. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you. He joined forces with that team <laughs> exactly. as he was going into year 10. Like right. he's thinking, wait a second, I, I got no rings. Right. Now he's got two. He's got his gold medal. It's like 
maybe in his heart of hearts, he's thinking, I'm good, but I, not that he doesn't want to win, but is he driven like he used no, to be? Of course. Okay. Yeah, you know what I hear? It's, it's funny. I hear these, these billionaires giving these motivational speaking, speeches, and they talk about how they wrestle good at night. I bet so. You got 200 billion. You got 250. You got 185. I bet you damn well you sleep good at night. But okay. before you had that, how were you sleeping at night? You was probably getting three, four hours of sleep trying to grow Amazon, okay. trying to go Tesla, and trying to grow these other businesses. That, that is correct. I am so KD winning is doesn't important. It's not the end all be all, but it was it before was. you got those titles at Golden State with Finals MVP. So now I have to wonder what the be all and end all is for Ben Simmons because I'm still a big fan of his ability, <laughs> but not of his psychology because I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. They say it's a back. Is it lingering? demons from last year are you trying to enter that broken down horse into the race skip you know the man got a bad back and you still okay. try to put him in the race steve nash is still trying to put him in this race <laughs> yeah. if they win and it's not a done deal obviously tomorrow night that they're an eight point home favorite but the way they've struggled sometimes it comes down to just hot or cold hands right. because it comes down to are those two going to make shots sometimes it comes down a little bit to will Patty Mills make right. shots and will Seth make right. shots? But Seth has been out the last couple I know, of games. I, I got it, and I'm not sure about how his status is right. going to be going forward, but I think he's going to be okay. okay. All right, so here's the point. I love the way Boston has played down the stretch because how can you not love it? Ime Udoka, I'm a fan. I was for years, and I just beat the table on the other show. Somebody's got to hire him because he's sitting right, right next to Pop, and from what I used to hear from inside that team, he was a driving force of the dynasty teams. Right. They looked to him because Pop could be very mercurial, right. like way <laughs> up and way down. And Ime was always there for Duncan right. and Parker and Ginobili. And he has, he has reinforced the backbone of the Celtics, I think, in ways Brad Stevens could not. Right. He, he gave them a tougher defensive mindset than they've had right. under Brad Stevens yes. just because that's the way he's put together. So I honor that, and they weren't just beating people down the stretch, as you kept pointing out. They're annihilating right. people. They were twenty-six and six. Thirteen of those twenty-six wins came by at least twenty points. <laughs> so it wasn't no nip tuck. It wasn't All no right. OT. They were blowing the doors okay. off. So now I'm going to tell you why I would slightly favor the Nets in this series if it comes to be. Okay. It's because the Nets have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and the Celtics do not. Mm -hmm. And many times, as you well know, in this sport, in this game, on this court, right. it's just about star power in the end. If you have two that are better than the best two on the other team, not to take nothing away from those two you just raved Mar about. Mm -hmm. Tatum and, and, uh, Brown. And, and Brown. And I'll throw Marcus Smart in there yeah. on the defensive end. You want to talk about tough, man. I mean, he's scary tough. Yep. But... When, when you have that seven-foot monster who is Kevin Durant, and you have the deepest bag of tricks I have oh, yeah. ever seen. Oh, he was in that Kyrie, bag yesterday, too. And he was in it on little T.J. McConnell. The, the <laughs> yeah, move. Do we have that yeah, move? Yeah, I he, think we might have it that he put on. You put the scoop. You talking about the, this, this the step back or the scoop? The, the step back. Okay. He goes, Whoop. sorry. Good night. Okay. That's just, no. okay, we've never seen anything quite like it from a six-foot-two guy, right? Yeah. The handle, the trick shots, the scoops, the off the glass. Nobody can finish at the okay. rim like he had right. with either hand. He calls himself an artist, and I cannot oh, yeah, he agree. Is. He's an artist. He's also an artist by nature. And yet, they, they have to make their shots, and they have to come out with the mindset of, 
we're just better than you are because there are occasional games where they come out and we've seen that they kind of go, is it your turn or my turn? But as, as we've seen over the last, what, month? Right. One will give you 50, and then the other will give you a 30-point triple-double, right? right? It's the, thing, the, the, uh, the thing that I saw yesterday, you see they had this big lead against Indy, and Indy cut it all the way down. Indy they ended did. up having a lead. Yep. I don't know if you can do that, but the thing that I love most about the Celtics, the Celtics could have ducked this matchup. They could have stopped their starters and said, well, let somebody else win. They, they I, said, no, I, no, I no, 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 they I, said, I no, 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 we want the two spots. And we're gonna take, we, we feel comfortable that we can beat anybody on, in the East. Mm-hmm. So we ain't ducking anybody. That tells me something about the makeup. I, I'll buy that. I like everything you just said. I love Eme. I love what they've done. But in the end, if, if Durant and Kyrie Irving come out and say, it's time, if they say that, they'll go down. The, the Celtics will fall. It's going to be a good series. I'm going to take the Celtics. I say the Celtics are going to win this thing. In mm, okay. it's, it's good. I believe it's going to be a long series, but I'm, 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 I'm going to take the Celtics. Huh. You have enough faith to put a little dew on it? Yeah, I'll put a little do on it. Would you? But you got to worry about Cleveland. Uh-huh. You saw Kevin Love, the first to get 30-10 in 15 minutes. Sixth man of the year? Kevin, no, no, no. Tyler Hero going to be sixth man of the year. <laughs> no, Kevin Love ain't sixth man of the year. Tyler mm. Hero, sixth man of the year. Yep. But can you believe okay, Love? Mm. Can you Y'all believe? Cleveland, buy him out. Let can, him come on to L.A. Can you believe Darius Garland from Vanderbilt University? Oh, Who go. knew? Who knew? They're yeah. everywhere. Evan Mobley, I, Mobley, I need you tomorrow mm. now. Okay. Here we go. Yep. Marketing. We will find out. It's going to be fun to watch, guys. <laughs> Thank you for watching. You can- we'll keep it rolling. To the East Coast we go. So after ending the regular season with four straight victories, including one against Cleveland, the Nets are favored to take the rematch in tonight's playing game as the Nets look to earn their way into a first-round playoff matchup against the second-seeded Celtics. Would be very helpful is having Ben Simmons back. Here's Steve Nash on Simmons potentially playing. I think the bottom line is we would be adding a, a substantial talent to our team, and so we, we, we really welcome him in a number of ways. He fits and he helps in a lot of ways that we're, we're, we're in need of help, and so we would, we would welcome that challenge of, of trying to incorporate him in a, in, a, in a playoff situation where he has no history with our team, no minutes on the floor with his teammates, and, and see how we can forge that understanding as quickly as possible. So assuming the Nets get out of the playing tournament, they would face either the one or two seed. So I'll ask you this, Tim. Would the Nets, would it be a bigger challenge for them to face the Heat or the Celtics? I think it would be a bigger challenge for the – who would it be a bigger challenge for the Nets for? If they, for me, if they played the Boston Celtics, I think that's more difficult for Brooklyn. That's who they're going to play because they're going to win tonight. Okay. They're going to win tonight. They're going to beat Cleveland at home, and then they're going to get the Boston Celtics. This is the team that's been the best defensive team in the league for two months. They can come up with something against Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I think, that's going to force other guys to have to do something. And, look, they're special talents. They're flamethrowers. You can't put anything against them. And the most important thing about those two players is they love this environment. They have proven that they can run to the light. They are not going to shrink on this stage. So there's no doubt they're capable of being good enough offensively to overcome their defensive issues. But I do think with what Boston is doing right now, with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown playing better together than they have at any point since they have been teammates, they seem to have finally figured out how to complement each other to go with a top-shelf defensive team coming into it. I think that's more of a challenge for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving than it would be even against the Heat because I think the Heat – there's something with them that just didn't jive with me at the end of the year. I just didn't see a team, to me, that was clicking. I thought when they added the guys they added, Kyle Lauer, P.J. Tucker, I thought this could be the best defensive team in the NBA night in, night out. And sometimes they are. 
Problem is, they also go through stretches where they have issues putting the ball in the basket. And if you go into that situation against the Brooklyn Nets, I think that could be a problem for the Miami Heat. So I think Brooklyn wins tonight. They get the Celtics. And I think the Boston Celtics ultimately are going to win that series. The Boston Celtics, to me, are very, very similar to the Brooklyn Nets in this one way. Either of them could come out of the East. Either of them could be home in the first round. And that's how it's going to end up being, basically. That's what we're talking about here. And I happen to know on good authority, don't worry about how I know. You have some people um, within the Boston Celtics organization that they don't like the fact that they're going to end up playing, playing, playing the Brooklyn Nets. They wish they would have lost so they would have had somebody else. But give Udoka credit. Remember, he's a first-time coach. And I said this to somebody the other day. If you're an experienced coach and you play a numbers game or you play a competitive game in terms of this opponent would be better suited for us than the other opponent, fine. But when you are a first-year head coach, the most important thing to do is establish culture. And Udoka is saying, we don't give a damn who we going up against. We're going to be ready. This is what it's about. we either ready for the big dance or we not. We ain't bound to nobody, and we ain't looking for shortcuts, and we're not looking for any way out. And I respect the hell out of that because I think that's the kind of thing that will propel Boston. Now, I would be far more confident in the Boston Celtics if Robin Williams was healthy, all right? Um, but he's not. And so we don't know what his status is. It doesn't look good. I don't know what to say about that. If he's in the lineup, I got more confidence in Boston. With him out of the lineup, I could still see Brooklyn finding a way to pull out this series. With all of that being said, I do believe Boston is the bigger challenge to the Brooklyn Nets. And it's because of how they play defense collectively. Now, some people say Miami, and I get Miami. They got a lot of weapons. The difference between Miami and Boston, I view Boston as having two closers. I see Miami having a bunch of dudes who can close but no definitive closer. And we know Brooklyn's got two closers. And so when I look at it from that perspective, and then I take into account how tenacious Boston's defense has been, I, I give Boston a better shot against Brooklyn than Miami in a first-round series. Maybe I feel differently in the second round or a conference finals, but for a first-round playoff series, I think Boston would be a bigger threat. I think we all in somewhat of agreement there. I look at Boston as very similar to the Nets. They mirror each other. They got two closes, like you said, Stephen A. The one thing that Boston has is a relentless defense that is not in Brooklyn. Brooklyn doesn't have Ben Simmons, which was supposed to be the defensive stopper for them. I think that is in terms of the Achilles heel, that will be the Achilles heel. Then you switch to Miami, you talk about Miami's defense been up and down, not as well as we thought they will have been throughout the course of the season, but they can't score nearly as well as the Nets or the Celtics for that matter. So in the end, the biggest challenge certainly would be Boston. Tatum is reckless right now. He's just outstanding, just doing everything you thought he was capable of doing when he got drafted from Duke. But then on the other side, Brown is certainly living up to his end of the bargain because we certainly thought at the beginning of the season that those two wouldn't be able to coexist long term, but they got it together, and that's why they probably are going to see the Nets. Thanks. I'm trying to tell you, there's a legit chance that they can beat the Boston Celtics. Mm. They, they, they match up with the Celtics actually pretty well. They can hinder Jason Tatum, 
they have a legit chance to beat the Boston Celtics because Kyrie is on this mission, man. This energy follows him. It is time for the only problem. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead No, no, go ahead. Uh, only because no, I was going to say the only problem that I have with the Celtics matchup is the Celtics defense is the X factor because the Celtics have two guys in Brown and Tatum that essentially can match up score for score on you know, KD and Kyrie. The defensive side of the ball for the Celtics uh, is essentially better than the Nets. That's the only problem that I see the Nets facing. But now how much better, because it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, how much better without Time Lord, without their excellent defensive center, Robert Williams, because Bruce Brown, Nets guard, addressed this yesterday at the postgame presser. Now they don't have Robert Williams, so um, they have less of a presence in the paint. Uh, and we, we could attack Al Horford and Tice. Uh, so them not having Robert, Robert Williams is huge. Now that's Bruce Brown. He's not lying. No lies told, right, Jay? I mean, like, I agree with that. They were good with what's-his-name, with Tice, playing small ball. And I thought, oh, that's a nice thing they found. Uh, Robert Williams' defense has made all the difference to me for the Celtics, right? But KD was asked about Bruce Brown's comments. Hmm. It's kind of like bulletin board material way. Listen to KD's response once he was told what Bruce Brown said. What did he say? All right, man. That's caffeine probably talking. You take some before the game. That bothers you why, that comment? I mean... We respect our opponents. It's like we don't need to talk about, you know, what we gonna do to them. Like uh, I just don't like that, you know. We don't need to say like that. Let's just go out there and hoop. Look, I I I love KD. KD's always gonna just want to hoop. Bruce Brown didn't tell a lie. Um, you know that old school mentality. Don't give your opponent ammunition. I hear what KD's talking about, but th- this 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 series is personal. This series is personal, and I, I, I will state this. This team, even though KD is a prolific scorer, and on paper it's Kevin Durant, one of the greatest players to ever play the game, their momentum goes the way Kyrie Irving goes. And when it, it feels like this whole narrative that's been behind Kyrie throughout most of the year has led them to this moment where it's time. And for Kyrie to go back to Boston, a place where he will be booed, a place where people felt like he was the cancer on this team. He forced his way out. This is what Kyrie Irving has came back for. So it relates to pressure on a guy like Kyrie for the way this season has gone, coming back to Boston, I think there's a lot of pressure. But I think Kyrie loves the opportunity to thrive in these pressure-like moments. Now, Key, you, you would call this germ spreading by the media, right? Like one guy says something, you, you kind of take it a little bit out of context. No, I wouldn't. And you, and you one, go to tell the other guy because, because nah. Bruce... This, look, one, this one wouldn't... This ain't germ spreading because it's his teammate. No, no, I'm saying right? the media went and said, hey, your, your teammate said... No, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it... The reason I'm not going to call it germ spreading is because it's his teammate. He knew it internally that he said this. I understand that KD is like, what did he say? KD had already knew what he said. Yeah. He, 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 he knew that situation because he's in the locker room and he's already said that to KD inside the locker room on many occasions in 
small conversations, whether it was at the table getting taped. He like, man, they ain't got, man, we going to kill. You know, he already but said, he said it. it but once you dude. say it to the publicly, it's that's what KD gave the reaction to, the fact that he yeah, made but, it but, publicly. Yeah, but, but KD is right, though. Like, come on, man. You know what? I got to tell you the truth. Have, we don't even need to have this conversation about somebody that's irrelevant to us. We need to just do what we do. But, but, I, I got to tell you, KD is 100% right. right. But let me tell you guys this. If they lose to the Boston Celtics, mm-hmm. people will not put blame on Kevin Durant. People will put blame on Kyrie Irving. And I think Kyrie Irving understands that. Now, that, that, that's a big this, – this is a game that – this is a huge series, guys. But like, we got to start what talking if, about if, this. What if both of them account for 70 points a game? It, it won't you matter. You're still going to blame Kyrie? It won't, people, people look at this season. There are certain people out there that will use this whole season and say the reason why the Nets are in this position in the first place is because of Kyrie Irving. <laughs> and now they're going back to Boston – a place he forced his way out of, yeah. a place he brought. And even the reports out there that, you know, uh, um, the Nets received kind of BS uh, reporting on Kyrie Irving and some of the relationships he had with his coaches, his teammates, that he alienated teammates and coaches. But the reason why he's in Brooklyn is because Kevin Durant wanted him to be there, and that's the reason why KD came. So that's the reason why they're there, to go back to Boston where Jason Tatum got affected by, K- by Kyrie in that relationship. I'm telling you, this whole series Amazing. becomes about Kyrie Irving and can he get an undermanned team who is, has a hobbled Seth Curry, who Bruce Brown is probably their third best player. Who's no like, Joe you know, Harris. Sick, no Joe Harris. Can he get them over the hump against a team that's been one of the best defensive teams the entire year? But, but right I, up Max's alley. Right no up Max's question. alley. I love the storyline. Right up his alley. Stephen A. Dally, all of it. Let me tell you one okay, thing I, I like about what Bruce Brown did, okay? When you tell the truth... And Kyrie is playing like that, where he doesn't miss. That also can put you know, it motivates the other team. Great, be motivated. They also know that they're not lying, that they don't have Williams, that they don't have Time Lord. And here come two of the baddest dudes you ever want to see, and they're hot. I love it. It's also an opportunity for Jason Tatum to prove that he's that dude no right now doubt. on what that stage you against your guy that supposedly like mentored you. It's your opportunity. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube. For live streaming sports and premium content, subscribe to ESPN. He is hot and I love it. We are in the second hour of uh, our show 312. Again, I want to thank again Bobby Krivitsky. Follow him at Bobby Krivitsky. Kevin, we had great discussion uh, with Bobby. He's a very knowledgeable guy. He's posting at our page. He's our friend and he's uh, years and years with us. And um, I mean, he's good, good man, and we will definitely call him again, right, Kevin? Yes, indeed. He very, 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 very informative. I love, I love the interviews we had with him. Uh, so again, uh, these are the audios that should spark our discussion. But before that, we want to present uh, our friend Luis Tenore, who will join us in uh, the second hour and help us to pass. Uh, uh, the next hour of uh, previewing the series. Luis, are you still with us? Hello? Yes, I am. Excellent. So, uh, Kevin, uh, for the start of uh, our segment, and to underline again, uh, deep condolences for Danny and his family if he's listening deep. Uh, Bobby said it. Uh, I mean, we expressed that at the page and personally, but uh, on the air, of course, and that's, that's the reason why we are without Danny tonight and hope that he will join us sooner rather than later. 
but uh, deep uh, uh, prayers and condolences to Danny and his family, his mother, sisters, brothers, and uh, the other members of uh, his family, right? I, yeah, I totally agree with him. Um, you know, I, I, sent, I sent them a little token of appreciation um, to let them know, you know, how much he how much he means to me as a friend, as a family mm-hmm. member, um, mm-hmm. and being being a person who's lost the father and the mother, um, it's, it's 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 a hard thing to deal with. Um, it, it just it just takes time um, to get over them, but you still have your moments. Um, last week, I think like Tuesday or Tuesday Wednesday last week. I heard something on the radio about moms, and I just broke down crying then, you know. So, oh. you know, you it, you miss them, but you know they're in a better place, and you just gotta keep you just gotta yes. keep your mindset on the good, all the good things that you did with your parents, man. It's you know, there's a lot of people out here that 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 abuse their parents or don't listen to their parents, and when they leave. You can't say I'm sorry no more. So if you have, if you still have your parents out there, even if you have your grandparents out there, pick up the phone, call them, and tell them you love them. You know what I'm saying? And it, that, that just calling them and tell them you love them might just start a new conversation between you and your parents or your grandparents because once they're gone, they're gone. They're never coming back. Uh, I just but want to again, say we, we give his blessings. I just want to say that uh, his dad, uh, Sam, was. Uh, one of the responsible men uh, uh, that uh, we even started this show, you know, he supported us, he's paid for the show, and um, at the beginning in 2012, so uh, without this man, uh, we would not uh, sit here to, today and uh, uh, talk here. So, again, uh, I mean, um, prayers to Danny, and by the way, uh, you and I, Kevin, and the others of the admins have a responsibility to replace Daniel because he's doing so much uh, good work at uh, the pages and the radio. Uh, so, I mean, um, again, uh, this is why Danny is not here with us tonight. Uh, the first question, uh, Kevin, uh, I mean, uh, we heard in audio, if you listened, um, by the way, I must underline again, Anthony Edwards, man, uh, 36-6-2-4, Three pointers made, including the clutch three. Um, I mean, the clutch three is actually by McDaniel's and uh, Beverly, but uh, four threes by 20 years old Anthony Edwards, 130, 117. And Memphis Grizzlies were the favorites in the series and on their court. Uh, so, again, two young teams, two young organizations growing up. I mean, really pleasure to watch uh, this series and um, by the way, when I am mentioning this series, um, uh, the star of the night is uh, James Harden, man. I mean, Philadelphia uh, had like um, 20 points uh, lead or so against Toronto. Right now, 79-67 uh, at the middle of the third period. Uh, and uh, James Harden has uh, double-double, 12 and 10 uh, assists and four rebounds. Um, and beat 17 and 11 double double as well. But Toronto is getting closer, man. So we will see what happens in this series. Um, if you listen to Stephen A. Smith, he said, uh, Kevin, uh, now it's up to you and the listeners 
whether or not you believe uh, Stephen A. Smith and his uh, informations. Uh, I mean, I don't like Stephen A. Smith, but he knows his hoops. Uh, he knows how to intrigue the people. And personally, I am ten tending to believe his uh, sources. Now, he says that uh, the member of the Celtics organization or the members um, that are not happy that we are playing uh, Brooklyn Nets, but, uh, quote, uh, all kudos to Ime Yudoka uh, because he was brave, he was courage, he refused to tank the game, and he uh, is with the mindset that uh, we don't care uh, who is the opponent? We are the boss of Celtics, and we are going to defeat uh, everybody. Uh, do you believe Stephen A. Smith? And what do you say about the team mentality going into the playoffs? Because, like Bobby said, right now, Kevin, do not uh, have any thoughts about it, and dear Celtics fans, uh, the Celtics are having the toughest. Uh, uh, playoff schedule in the whole Eastern Conference, maybe even in the whole league, because in the first round we are facing the hardest first round opponent that's Brooklyn Nets. When we pass the Nets, and we will, I hope, uh, we will face the hardest second uh, round opponent, and that is Milwaukee Bucks, because maybe you will not uh, agree with me, uh, but the team to beat are uh, the champs, and the champs are the Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, with Giannis Antetokounmpo, reigning MVP, right? So, I mean, the Celtics uh, kind of chosen the hardest path, and what can you say about Ime Yudoka and his team's mentality going into the playoffs? Um, I think that you know, me and you talked about this before, and, and I'm on the yes. mindset of I don't care who's in front of us. You know, if you want to, mm-hmm. if you want to beat him, if you want to beat the man, you gotta beat the man. And that's mm-hmm. my that's my mind that's my mindset. But the thing about it is, be Boston mm-hmm. needs Boston needs this challenge because let's let's be real. Just we need one more piece. We just need one mm-hmm. more piece to go along mm-hmm. with, with these two guys. And right, so if right, we show right, that mentality right. now. Um, the, in the playoffs, that we're not running from nobody, no matter who that third piece may be. They're like, you know what? You guys are really hungry. I, I'm, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna come there, and and help you guys try to win the championship. You know what I'm saying? So, and I think that's the mindset. Because remember when when uh, Gersback, the owner said, "Oh, we're not done yet." You know, mm-hmm. he, he said right, that right, right there. That right. you know that that made yeah. us feel good because first we thought he was the chief cost. owner and didn't want to spend it. They won't spend no money. Right. So right. I think that that right there, that's that mindset of um, of wanting to win right now, is is a good thing for them. And this is one, this is a way to prove it. Um, go. It, it, I mean, grant you, the Nets are not a number number seventeen number seven seed. To be honest with you, if Kyrie played the whole year. The Nets should have been a one or two seed for sure. There's no yeah, no, no if and buts about it. Um, but they, they, have, but they, are they had a are. lot of injuries and a lot of trades, a lot of changes. Uh, James Harden was not happy. Kyrie didn't play. Kevin Durant was injured. 
Joe Carey is out for the year. Joe Carey is the third uh, scoring option in the team. The best defender, Ben Simmons, right now, prob- out with problems with the back. Uh, I mean, one player came, retired. The other player came, traded. Uh, I mean, a lot of changes and a lot of turbulations inside of this team. But they are not, somebody said on the audio, they are not a, a typical uh, seven seed. Uh, they are not Toronto Raptors. They are not Charlotte Hornets. If you think so, you're one idiot. Uh, they have uh, two players that are still on the top 15 uh, best players on the list. You can say 20, whatever you want. But uh, uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving stars in the league. They are fading, but they still are the stars in the league. You know? And they are a typical seventh seed. That's why they are tough. You know, uh, they, 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 they still have the problems with the injuries. I mentioned Joe, Joe Harris and uh, Ben Simmons, so do we. Uh, I mean, Robert Williams is out. Robert Williams is out. Mm-hmm. Stephen A. Smith said, Kevin, if, uh, if uh, uh, Robert Williams officially is out uh, for tomorrow's game, 3 and 30 p.m. Eastern in Boston, NBC Sports Boston cover is beginning at uh, 2 and 30 p.m. Eastern. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, I mean, uh, for, for, for me, Prior to the season, and right now, uh, I, I said I don't I, I don't care about their place at the standings. Uh, for me, until eliminated, they, the Nets are the, the the contenders. And personally, I would be more comfortable and more secured in the Celtics uh, if we have Robert Williams. But we don't, you know. So um, we are still the favorites, and we still should win the series. Uh, but uh, we will see. You said in six, I said in seven. Uh, hope, I mean, I hope we will sweep them. <laughs> that would be the, <laughs> the, the, the event, you know. Uh, but uh, I, don't that. I, I, don't, I don't think that anybody would uh, uh, bet so. And, and you see what uh, uh, the betting uh, odds are doing. Uh, DraftKings put the, the net uh, like the favorite. Uh, 10 of 10 uh, experts that um, uh, ESPN um, interviewed uh, pick up uh, the uh, Brooklyn Nets because of Kyrie and uh, KD. Uh, I mean, the key members of uh, the national media and uh, talk shows uh, like TNT Crew and uh, Stephen A. Smith, even Shannon Sharp, who is uh, one of the Celtics haters, uh, I was surprised uh, they picked up uh, the Celtics. Okay. I mean, that, that, that means that um, we are getting recognized. And I'm really happy about it. Uh, but, but again, you mentioned the defense, Kevin. I mean, I, I, I put it the numbers, and uh, 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 we are uh, on the large uh, numbers. Uh, we are on the large numbers. Uh, six points per 100 possessions. Uh, uh, we are allowing six points per 100 possessions more uh, when uh, Tyson Horford are on the floor. Uh, I mean, uh, then when the combination of the at the front court is Al Horford and Robert Williams. Those are the facts. Okay. Uh, so I mean, I, I I said that I know. Uh, from where uh, Bruce Brown is going uh, in previous interview with Bobby. 
Uh, on the other side, uh, Kevin, it's not like the net, this net team is juggernaut uh, in, in, in driving to the lane. I mean, they are not, they are not, you can, you, you can mention uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Bruce Brown driving to the hoop and making points in the paint uh, aside from uh, their bigs, okay? But the others, they don't have the habit to do that, you know? Goran Dragic in, in Heat, he, he did that, but he's not, he's not that kind of player right now. Uh, so I don't know if they will use it, uh, but the fact remains what you mentioned, Kevin, the horrible, horrible uh, net defense. And on the other side, if I'm the net fan, if I want to bet uh, for Brooklyn, I have two problems. First one is my defense. Listen, if I come to Boston with number 19 defense that is going to allow 120 points, Forsberg, I don't think you're wrong, but uh... sorry, Forsberg, I don't think you're wrong, but uh, you guys know the Celtics like didn't have a choice, right? You know, they made the decision last Thursday when the C sat Al Horford and Jason Tate and the Bucks just didn't cooperate the rest of the way. Hello and welcome to our Bella Early Edition. I'm Trini Kuznarek. Can we stop tripping over ourselves saying the Celtics wanted the Nets? They're the only ones who aren't afraid of KD and Kyrie. No, it's just the way things shook out around the league. The Bucks mailed it in, doing everything they could do to avoid the Nets. Woof. Bad look. The Sixers, though, they went all out, winning both of their final two games. So unless the Seas wanted to fall to four, they had to win on Sunday. With all that said, though, I'm with Chris Gasper. I stand by it. The right move was made. Am I right, though? We got Chris. We have the two Chris's, Chris Mannix and Chris Forsberg here with us. Uh, Mannix, am I right? Did the Celtics play this right? Like, are they in a good position with the two-seed and home court advantage, even though they're most likely going to have to face the Nets? I think they're in a good position because I think they will and should be the favorites going into that series against Brooklyn. Look, nobody's denying that a series against Chicago, which Milwaukee will take on in that first round, might be the easiest first round series in the playoffs because the Bulls right now are a wounded animal. Their defense has fallen off a cliff. They won't have Lonzo Ball. So they're kind of sitting ducks out there for a top team in the first round. But like, I don't think Boston going to this series fearful of Brooklyn. One of the things that made the Nets so good last year in the playoffs is that their defense going into the postseason, in the postseason, was really good. This time around, it's not. They're 19th in the NBA in defensive efficiency, and they look like a team that's 19th in defensive efficiency. So, look, it's not ideal to face Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in the first round, but it's not a series I'd be afraid of. The idea that the Celtics should have just punted yesterday's game to get an easier draw in round one and totally disregarding the benefits that come in round two is such a loser's mentality. And you, if you're going to be a championship team, you're going to have to face adversity at some point. And yes, this is a pricklier matchup. You're going to have to deal with the headaches that come with playing Kyrie Irving and all his logo stomping and sage burning. And you're going to have to deal with Kevin Durant, probably going to win himself a game, at least a game with his big nights. 
But if the Celtics are as good as they've been the last three months, there should be no fear. And the Nets stink. Like, they're not the Lakers, Gasper. Gasper oversold that a little bit. But they, they have no defense. They have no depth. If the Celtics lose this series, it is, it, it is not it, – it, it, it would be shameful. Stink feels – Feels like maybe a bridge too far for me. I mean, they're not. Listen, are, are they? I mean, aren't you taking them a little bit too lightly, Forrest? Oh, them? come on! No, they have the 20th ranked defense. They have been better since the mat- mandate has lifted. But we don't know what full-time Kyrie looks like. You know, like he hasn't had to play seven playoff-style games in forever now. So. Look, if your defense was the number one defense over the course of the season and you can go out there and replicate that in the playoffs, and certainly it's a little bit more tough without, without Rob Williams out there, but maybe he'll be back later in the series. And I don't know. I just feel like the Celtics should win. And I, I, keep, and I, I keep hedging a little bit. I, at first I was using big verbs like steamroll and cruise. <laughs> and I'll, I'll walk that back a little bit. And, man, I'm going to be roasted on these programs if they don't win this series. But... It's just like, it, they're the, they're the, the Nets aren't even that good. they got two really good players who will complicate matters. They should, the Celtics should still win that series. 6-0-5-0-7. The Celtics and the Nets aren't that good, Mannix. Yeah, Chris, as someone regularly roasted on those programs for things that I might say, uh, you are headed down that path, my friend, because the Nets do not stink. I mean, their defense, as I said, is not good. But uh, I don't know anyone that wants to go up against Kevin Durant, one of the best playoff performers currently in the postseason, or Kyrie Irving, who has, you know, a history of solid playoff success, especially when he was in Cleveland. Like, they're, they're a dangerous team offensively. They can outscore you in a variety of different ways. One way, one reason, maybe the biggest reason I like the Celtics in this series is I think they want a piece of the net, at least select members of that team. You look at Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, who were on the Celtics last year when the Celtics were battered by the Nets in that first round. I think both those guys relish the opportunity to go at Kyrie Irving on the defensive side of the ball. And I was speaking to someone close to Jason Tatum recently, and one thing he told me is that Tatum right now believes he's the best player in the world. Not all NBA level, but believes he's the best player in the world. And I think Tatum goes into this series eager to prove that he can play on the level of a Kevin Durant. So I think in addition to the Celtics having an edge in you know tangible ways, I think the intangibles, the motivation, are in their favor as well. Isn't this how it always has to happen for the team to take that step to ascend? You have to go through the players that either held you back or were roadblock. Like, the Celtics should have all the motivation in the world seeing Kyrie Irving on the other side. We know what Kevin Durant means to Jason Tatum and hearing that praise, but also knowing that you have to beat your idols to go to another level. I expect the best basketball out of the Celtics in this, in this series. And that, again, that's why I think they will win the series. In, in, I'm now I'm worried about using words like easy. And, but it will be the Celtics will win this series. How many games if they play them? Eh, maybe a gentleman's sweep. Whoa, whoa! 6 the Nets stinks. 6 gentlemen's sweep.